0: The fighting is done. I step into the line of your great love. I'm breathing, breathing again. You tore the bag that was on my head. I don't have. I don't wanna find you anymore. I don't wanna find you anymore. You say you are not.
1: This is the Endurance Church podcast with Pastor Anthony Bass. At Endurance Church, our goal is to live well and finish strong by becoming faithful disciples of Christ. We do this through loving, disciplined, Bible-based teaching, encouragement, and care. For more information about our ministry, head to endurancechurch.org. And now, today's message. Paul has communicated to the Ephesians, I believe. He's trying to tell them what is coming next. At this time, the church of Ephesus is facing a lot of false teaching and a lot of false doctrine. Even though everything is going good right now, things are going to be challenged in the future. They're going to be persecuted. In a sense, they're going to be martyrs. Timothy was martyred there. John was martyred there in his old age. Nevertheless, they have to remain faithful to God despite what they go through. Here... What he's communicating is there's a distinction between who they are now and who they were. If we know in our past life, we walked in a way that didn't line up with God's will and God's word. We live in in a time today where we have a culture that is slowly encroaching upon Christian values. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Over the past 60 years, the values of the church have been completely eradicated and eroded. And a lot of times, we as a church have a hard time knowing what to say, what not to say, how to respond, what to do. But there's a distinction between us, now that we are made new in Christ, in contrast to the rest of the world. The challenge is, can you remain faithful to Christ despite what you are facing? Here, this is, in a sense, the best city, rich, vibrant, wealthy, And now the Ephesians are looking at their culture and they're realizing, you know what? They seem to be doing okay. And we seem to be okay right now. But there's a distinction that Paul is trying to make. And the distinction is you are not like them. And the people you see are controlled by another force, another spirit, another power. Now, I sometimes have trouble communicating about spiritual things here at this church. Why is that? Because I'm always afraid you may get weirded out. How many of here, how many people here have actually seen something like spiritual, like with your own eyes, witness an event that you knew that was spiritual? And when you, when you went through that experience, something changed. You said, oh, this is all real. But the problem is we have a hard time communicating this spiritual reality in the vernacular. So, Today, I ask you, how many people saw something spiritual? Who has not had an spiritual experience? where you know, tangible, you could point to and say, this was a spiritual experience. If, it, if you haven't had one, raise your hand. Who has had one? Raise your hand. Who hasn't had one? <laughs> See, I tricked you. <laughs> but nevertheless, if you haven't had that, how can I explain it to you? How can I explain to you the reality of the spiritual world? What what can I say? What can I communicate? Because during this day and time, even though people were what we call demon-possessed, like that still was something that weirded people out. So Paul is trying to use their language to communicate a truth that transcends their reality. And that's always the challenge of a pastor, of a preacher, of someone who is a Christian. Today, we struggle with trying to communicate the message of Christ in our workplace to our friends, to our culture, to our community. When I go to work, you know what I have to do? I have to take off my pastor's hat. And I have to say, okay, I'm here at this job, but I'm still Christ like. And I see stuff happening, and I have to figure out how do I respond in a way that honors God. Matter of fact, I work at a job that if people knew everything I believe, they would probably say, oh, you got to go. You got to go. Because you don't believe what we believe. How can you be here? We live in a day and time now where you get ostracized based upon what you believe, not because of what you do. And so here, Paul's trying to communicate there's a distinction. You're no longer like those people, you're something new. But, Pastor, how do I know I'm new? How how can I identify that? And that's why we get into the fruits of the Spirit. That's when we get into yielding to God. That's when we get into being led by His Holy Spirit. That's why we say, read the Bible. I remember when I was in high school and there was this, uh, we, we combined schools and they had this phrase that said, catch this spirit. And they combined two schools and they were trying to bring unity in the community and they said, catch the spirit. And I'm trying to figure out, okay, hey, what does that look like? How do you catch a spirit? How do you even know what a spirit is? Like it's not simply motivation, it's something tangible. There's personality behind it. There's intelligence and when we try to communicate this stuff to, to people, we have this hard time of bringing this language that you will accept and understand and not go through this intellectual wrestling match with these truths. So here it says, "And he made alive who were dead in trespasses sin. He's talking to the Ephesians, the ones who were believed. He says, "In which you, you once walk according to the courts of this world according to the prince of the power of the air." Now, this prince Of the power of the air is a literal entity. It's God's enemy. And the Bible says when you weren't saved, you you walked. That means how you lived. You lived in a way that brought honor to God's enemy. You walked according to the prince of the power of the air. The spirit who now works in the sons of what? Of disobedience. And now when you see people who are unsaved, this is the manner of life they have. Among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lust of the flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, just as the others were. And this point, this last point right here, this children of wrath, is the one thing we always talk about. Remember, when we are saved, we're saved from what? God's judgment. What it's saying here is these people who don't know God, who weren't, who aren't saved at one time, you know what, they walked in a way that aligned up with the children of wrath, those who are going to be judged. But this contrast here indicated by the literary connective but, but God who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loves us even when we were dead in trespasses made us alive together with Christ. And that's supposed to be highlighting the amazing love of God. We talked about it earlier that uh, as uh, Kenny was reading, God asked us to love our, our enemies, to do good to our enemies. It says here, God who is rich in mercy because of his great love, which with he loved us even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace have you been saved. What is it's highlighting here is that there was a time when you were God's enemy. And these are concepts you got to get. Because being God's enemy simply means being opposed to God's will. It's just that simple. Do you think Adam and Eve were vicious, sadistic killers? No. Adam and Eve were not crazed lunatics. They were not... Power mongers. they were people who made a choice against God's will and that in hindsight was the most heinous act in human history choice, all of humanity has fallen into sin and we wrestle with that on a daily basis but even though we constantly make choices against God's will he still loved us and he reconciled us to himself what that's like is You have somebody on your job or your life who is intentionally trying to hurt you. Anybody got those people? Somebody who bothers. Let's let's take a step back. Not intentionally. Let's say somebody who gets on your nerves. Anybody got one of those? Right? (laughs) All right. Let's go with this. Gets on your nerves. All right. Someone who is mean to you. Nerves, mean to you. Someone who you just don't like. Nerves, mean to you, don't like someone who you know who doesn't like you. So, <laughs> right, so imagine that person. Let's all, let's all visualize this person right now. Imagine this person receiving love from you or from your family member, from your children. Imagine this person receiving love from, from God. And you would say they don't deserve it. And what Paul's saying is, none of us deserved it. See, even though, and I wasn't setting you up. Even though we raised our hand at these people, you know what? There's other people who will raise their hand for us. I wish I was perfect, but even if I was perfect, I'd still blow it. I blow it. This I blow it today. I blew it earlier today. I blew it tonight. I'll blow it. Some people don't think I'm a nice guy, a kind guy, a good guy, caring, compassionate. Some people say, he should know better. Why does he do that? Don't laugh too hard now, church. <laughs> <laughs> Nevertheless, this is the beautiful part. And he raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ. Now, now, that's supposed to be something that will blow your brain up. And what is highlighted here is that when whether it's this person who you are frustrated, agitated, who you didn't like or who didn't like you, imagine that person going from someone who you're trying to work out a good relationship with to being like your spouse or your sister or brother or your parent. Like it, it's like going from having a toothbrush for a gift to get in a Ferrari, but you went from God's enemy to being seated in the place of honor, the one place of honor in all the universe, and that's how much God loves you. Now, this is the part I really like, and maybe I just need to hop, focus on this again, so that in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. Now, this is something I really like because why? Um, Because this, there's more to come. There's other people who are going to be looking at your life, and they're going to hear about the person you once were. And they're going to say, God made them a person of honor? And look at all the stuff they did. And God gave them the position of honor, the seat of honor. And they're going to say, oh, my gosh, I worship you. You're so awesome. See, our life is going to be a, a witness of the mercy of God to who? To these, to these people in the ages. Now, what's interesting, it doesn't say one age. It says Plural. Throughout eternity, there are going to be people who look at our lives and are going to say, man, God is awesome. How could, how could he give you that position of privilege? And, and how bad you were. For by grace you've been saved through faith, and it's not of yourselves, it is a gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. It says, for we are his workmanship, creating Christ Jesus for good works. God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. And this is the part. This goes back to the beginning of the sermon, which I didn't know we were going here, I guess. <laughs> am, I, am I doing okay? Amen. Well, thank God. So this is part of the super important. You were created for God, for good works. And God, before the beginning of time, he wanted you to, to walk in those good works. And that's the part you got to understand. And I, I, I kind of felt it when Kenny was talking, and I really got it once again when Jared was talking, that walking in God's ways doesn't mean you're going to like the direction you're going. Doing what God wants doesn't mean you're going to always feel the best. But I'll tell you, as a former athlete, i throw athlete analogy in there, Everything I did to prepare for the game I didn't like. I didn't like running. Matter of fact, I dreaded running. <laughs> I, I despised running. I didn't with all that within me, because it hurts. Anybody ever run what's the last time any, doesn't it hurt? Well, Adam, he runs like a deer, he's still young, right? Are you, are you still running good? You try, but it hurts, and your lungs feel like they're on fire, and in me, saliva starts, I can just go on and on, right? Like, it's just all bad, right? Oh nausea, right, and then you, you, and you feel like, so, so think about it, like, but I knew I had to do what I didn't like to do in order to get where I wanted to be. Where in life is that not the case? Who in here wakes up and goes to work? Who in here likes waking up early? Oh, just like waking up. Just like, I'm not even going to go. I'm not even going there. So yeah. so all of us like waking up. Thank God for the new day, right? But some of us would rather be in the bed, right? So your relationship is struggling in your marriage. And you have to do what? Hard work in order to make it work. You, you need to discipline your child, right? Right. You feel like, oh, I don't want to do this, but you, you got to do it to prepare them for their future. Like, wh- where is it that it's all good all the time where we never have to face challenges, especially in our faith walk? There's stuff you have to do to get to where you need to go. And God, he, he designed this system so that as we do these good works, in a sense that we're prepared before we were born, we... Give him attention and glory and honor. A couple quotes and i am done for the day. It says, even though we were dead in our sins, because of God's great love and mercy, he made us alive with Jesus. This speaks to God's mercy, love, his goodness. Understand none of us earn this place, and we don't look down on any other person who doesn't have it, but we understand how good God is, how merciful he is. God has given us the same life he used to raise Jesus from the dead. This is a theological quagmire here. What do I mean? Because the same Holy Spirit that gave Jesus life now resides in you. And what does that mean for your daily life? How does that mean you should live day by day, moment by moment? When you face a challenge, what does that mean about you and that challenge? If you're struggling with the sin, what does that mean by you and that sin? Walk in the good works God has prepared for you. Hey, I was so excited for this other servant. Trust the Lord. God has something for you to do. Have you noticed when God speaks clearly, it's the hardest? I used to be the type of person that when things were the easiest, that meant God was there. He was with me. That's what I used to think. I used to think when I was the most physically, intellectually emotionally relationally satisfied that meant i was in the middle of god's will then i started reading the scripture a little bit more and started seeing something different i started recognizing when stuff is the hardest when you feel like giving up when you feel like going the other direction then you're in the middle of god's will It's not on the mountaintop that people look at you and say, oh, God is great. Do you know who they give attention to on the mountaintop? You. They look at you and say, oh, look what you did. You're amazing. But it's when you're in the valley going to the mountaintop. It's when it's all falling apart and you still remain faithful. It's when you want to give up turn around. It's when you got to change and do something. When you're like, i got to get out of here. But you stay. When your marriage is falling apart, you're like there got to be somebody else out there because this ain't working. When a relationship ain't working out. When you don't get the right prognosis or diagnosis from the doctor, you're like, ah, I'm done. It's in those moments that you got to stay faithful. This fight doesn't end With you on the mountaintop. And then with you staying faithful and devout. Understand what the expectation of his love are for you. God wants to love you and he wants you to love others the way he loved you. You've got to stay faithful. Jesus' death has given you life so that your life could be lived victoriously. What's victorious living? choosing to do God's way despite not understanding. I don't understand why that sermon was there. I have no idea where that PowerPoint even came from. I'm serious. But my hope for you this day is that you heard from the Lord. Amen, you did? I feel confident then. Oh, thank you, Lord. Because I was like, what is happening? But that's how kind of life is. I love to say that the steps are ordered and they're clear, but he said there's a light to your path. And you know how, how much you can see? Next step. This was a great example of trusting God. I couldn't actually ask, ask for anything better. Trusting God is a moment-by-moment moment process. There's thoughts that are going to run to your head. Moment-by-moment, moment, you got to shut them out you're gonna go home, you're gonna to go to work, you're to watch on TV, you're gonna get by yourself, you're gonna say, hey, I need to do something that makes me feel better. That may not necessarily be God's will. Hang in there. Remember, Jesus died for us so that we could live like him. <laughs> Maybe it was not meant for me to preach a sermon that I prepared the week before. And preached. Uh, who knows? I sure wanted to preach other server though. my hope for you is that you understand that you've been created for great works. So understand it's not about you just looking good. You gotta do. Let me pray for you. Father God, thank you for this time, Lord God. Forgive me for whatever error there was. And I ask you, Lord God, to fix that. And pray, Father God, that people heard your voice. I pray, Father God, we'll be able to use what we heard to help us become more like you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for coming to Endurance Church this morning. Before you leave, find two or three people, give them a high five, handshake, and a hug. If you are a volunteer, we ask you to stay later, maybe uh, 20 minutes. We have a brief meeting, and then we're gonna get out of here. You bless. This has been a presentation of Endurance Church for more about the ministry head to endurancechurch.org follow us on twitter at twitter.com/endurancechurch and like us on facebook at facebook.com/endurancechurch.tv remember to live well and finish
0: strong. I give you Give you all I give you